0: Welcome to a brand new wedding Q&A episode where you can ask me anything. That's coming up next on The Wedding Planning Podcast. Hey there, it's Kara and I'm bringing you the all new way to plan the wedding celebration of your dreams. Welcome to the Wedding Planning Podcast, where we say no to the $72 billion wedding industry and we say yes to a more joyful engagement season where you and your priorities are at the center of everything we do. To learn more about my next level digital wedding planning package, visit wedpodcast.com. You'll enjoy a free three-day trial, no promo code required, and I can't wait to see you there. That website again is wedpodcast.com. Ready to get started? Why hello there, my friend, and thank you so much as always for joining me here today. If you're listening live, tomorrow is Thanksgiving here in the U.S., and I am thinking of you with so much gratitude for letting me be a part of your wedding plans. Thank you so much, and I hope you have an amazing holiday with your friends, your family, and whoever else you're celebrating with. Today I have an inbox full of questions from members of my digital planning package, which is called The Vault. If you are not yet a member and you'd like to find out more about this all new way to plan your dream wedding, you can get all the details and sign up for a totally free zero obligation three day trial by visiting wedpodcast.com. Members have full open priority access to my personal email address, so anything that's on your mind, you're welcome to send in, and I will get to them in these monthly Q&A calls. To start off today's Ask Me Anything show, we are going to spend some time on the topic of eloping. Now, if elopement is not something you're interested in, I totally understand. Feel free to skip ahead about five minutes. My feelings will not be hurt. I'm going to kind of roadmap out really quickly where we're going and then I'll circle back on all of these topics. This is something that came up a lot in the past couple of weeks. So the first kind of general question, what is actually the definition of eloping and are we really eloping or is it more of a micro wedding, which is a topic we covered in great detail a couple of weeks back. And then the second kind of overarching theme that kept coming up is ways to make our elopement feel really special and feel like an event, even though it's not a big traditional wedding. So to start, I will say that it makes my heart very, very happy that couples like you are open to alternative formats and open to celebrating their marriage in ways that kind of go outside the box from a traditional wedding celebration, as we might picture it. Eloping is traditionally a way of kind of running off and secretly getting married and it's a way that couples have used especially over the past year and a half or so to simply fulfill the function of legally getting married we don't have time there are health issues there's a pandemic we don't have the resources so you know what it's very important to us that we just get married any loping is going to fulfill that number one priority I won't spend a ton of time on all the ins and outs and all the nuances. But again, in essence, if you're eloping, you're going off, you're getting married because that's your number one top priority. You can celebrate after the fact. You can invite a couple of friends along with you. The definition is very general and very broad. Now, getting a little more specific, I'm going to take some time and read this particular listener's note. Um, just want to say, I love your podcast, your delivery of the information and your constant validation that the perfect wedding is different for everyone has been such a support. My fiancé and I got engaged one month before the pandemic started, so February of 2020. Needless to say, it's been a frustrating stop-and-go process trying to sort through the current social and health climate and possibly even more frustrating trying to navigate a wedding that works for us with two very, very different families. Because of these challenges, we have decided with joy that the best option for us is an intimate elopement weekend at a beautiful beach cottage. The date has been secretly set and I can truly begin planning our elopement extravaganza. The ceremony will be ordained by our best friend and photography done by her sister who's another good friend of ours. I was wondering if you could help provide any insight for us regarding how we can make this event feel full and event-like even though we will have no guests to cater to, and as a result, very few social obligations, which so often fill up the wedding day and the wedding weekend. All right, so here we have a couple who is feeling some familial friction, and they are wanting to just have a very private, very intimate wedding event. That's perfectly fine. The question about how to make the event feel full and event-like, it's kind of, The point of eloping and running away and doing this, the point of it is to keep it simple. It sounds like you'll have at least a couple of guests. You mentioned your best friend and sister. So I would imagine maybe a dinner together the night before the wedding ceremony And then the next day you would do the ceremony and then some sort of post celebration, whether that's another small dinner party at home or whether you go out for a really, really nice dinner at a restaurant or a winery. And in terms of planning events around this elopement weekend, I would pretty much leave it at that. Lots of couples over the past year and a half have done elopements, and then they'll do a reception to follow that up so that they can technically just get married, and then we'll push the actual celebrating with our closest loved ones for another time, so that's an option for you as well. It sounds to me you are incredibly excited about this avenue, which is great, but I would take the time to just press pause. And this is really where my digital planning package hones in on pausing with the excitement and the emotions of becoming engaged and taking the time to sit with your fiance and be still and be very present and thoughtful and mindful about discussing what it is that the two of you truly want. What are your priorities? And that's not a quick fix Process. It's not something that you can Google. You can't Google a checklist of how to do this work. It's really about being intentional and again, honoring your priorities and working through those so that you can be sure you, the two of you are designing a wedding celebration that reflects those priorities. You may have a couple of competing priorities happening here, avoiding familial friction going off and having a very small and intimate elopement. But you still want to have that element of celebration and that element of including some people who you love. So maybe rather than an elopement, maybe this is more of a micro wedding. Maybe instead of the true definition of eloping, where it's just the two of you running away and getting married in front of witnesses, maybe you include a very small handful of your closest family and your closest loved ones. And I know you mentioned that there is familial friction on both sides. I would just caution that running away from that and getting married in secret won't necessarily remedy the fact that there is friction. So you're going to manage that however you see fit. I am not judging. I don't know your family situation in great detail. But to put a band-aid on that now so that you don't have to deal with it during your engagement, but have the notion that somehow it will go away. I think that's kind of a faulty way of looking at it. So I would just encourage you and caution you again, this we spend a ton of time on this very deep Meaningful, insightful, being present to your priorities and to your wants and what is going to be right for you. We spend a ton of time on that in this digital planning program, which is unlike any other wedding planning resource that exists. I think it is very, very, very important to be sure that your values are aligning with the celebration that you're planning. So, with all of that said, uh, congratulations to you. I wish you all the best. And for anyone out there listening who would like more information on that all new way to plan your dream wedding celebration, you can get all the information and sign up for a free three day trial by visiting wedpodcast.com. Okay, next question is totally switching gears. We are coming up on Thanksgiving. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all the things are on sale. And this question is, what types of seasonal sale items can I keep my eye out for during the holidays in terms of wedding planning, gifts, etc? Okay, this is a perfect time of year to get great deals on pretty much everything under the sun, specifically bridal party gifts, groomsmen gifts, dresses for pre-parties, your bridal shower, bachelorette party, any invitations, string and twinkle lights for your reception, you name it, it's probably going to be on sale at some point this month. This show is going live right at Thanksgiving, so coming into the next month or so, sales everywhere. A website I am completely in love with, no secret, I mention it quite a bit, is Etsy.com. And Etsy sellers typically go all out during the holiday season. So this would be a wonderful time to shop for custom gifts for your parents, your wedding party, your soon to be spouse, etc. If you plan to do any custom signage, wedding favors, accessories, I love supporting small businesses on the Etsy platform. And again, there is a humongous range of sellers out there who are offering 20% or more off during this entire holiday season. I'll drop a link in the show notes where you can easily shop for wedding specific things. So take a peek at that when you have a hands-free moment. And the next question regarding makeup, should I do airbrush makeup or not airbrush makeup? And the answer, from me is airbrushing or not is a very individualized decision. I am personally someone who doesn't wear a ton of makeup in normal life if I have makeup on my face and my hair is fixed and my daughter asks me why I'm looking so fancy. And I mean, literally that can mean like I blow dried my hair and she thinks I'm going to a black tie formal event. (laughs) Um, So I have a very, I'm just a very natural look kind of person. I didn't want to feel overly made up on my wedding day. So I did my own wedding day makeup and I, you know, I made some slight enhancements. I used some special eyeshadow that I had bought and tried out ahead of time. And I put on more than I would put on if I was going shopping and to lunch with my sister. But I didn't want to look unlike myself, if that makes sense. Airbrush makeup is incredibly popular for good reason. It gives you really even, really silky, really beautiful coverage. If it's something that you are interested in, I would by all means do some research and take a look at an artist's portfolio, past weddings that they've done. And if that's a look that you are attracted to, then by all means. Again, it is incredibly popular for good reason. On the flip side, if you are very comfortable doing your own makeup, you can always go the do-it-yourself route. If you would rather turn that over to a professional and just take all the stress out of it and get a really glamorous, really special look, then that's a popular choice too. So much as everything else we talk about here on the Wedding Planning Podcast, it really comes down to your personal preference and your personal priorities. There is no right or wrong answer. And next question, how do we address the save the date cards? Should it be addressed to the couple or just addressed to the person that my fiance or I know? Addressing invitations and save the dates is always a very popular question. And the answer to this is it's totally flexible. I am not a big etiquette stickler. There may be some out there who are, and that's fine too. Um, I am flexible with stuff like this. If you know the name of the guest or the plus one, so to speak, if you know who that's going to be with 100% certainty, then go ahead and include that person's full name on the invitation or the save the date or whatever it might be. So if your cousin Laura has been dating James for five and a half years and you know definitively that Laura and James will be coming to your wedding together then go ahead and address the invitation to Laura and James. If your cousin has been single for years and years and years and has a new boyfriend or girlfriend every other month, if there's any doubt about who the actual guest is going to be, then go ahead and address it to Laura and Guest with the implication there being that she can fill in the name of whoever she would like to bring, whether it's a date or a friend or whatever she wants to do. We've had many, many, many more in-depth conversations about plus ones and the policy on bringing a plus one, and you can find those past Q&A shows by scrolling back through the podcast feed if you are a member of The Vault then those Q and A's are organized and very easy to find. So you can just search plus one and you'll get much more information on that. Next question, is it common for vendors to increase their price despite a price being detailed in the contract that we sign? No, it is not common, Is it is not okay for a vendor to increase their price once you have signed a contract. Any contract you sign between yourselves and a vendor should always definitively name a set price that the two of you have agreed upon. And that price will not change between now and the date of your wedding or the date that the service is to be provided. Now, as a marketing tactic, many vendors will allude to prices going up next month. And again, this is a marketing tactic to force your hand and get you to book now. We're going to talk next week all about visiting a wedding fair or a bridal expo and interviewing potential vendors and this is something you're probably going to hear quite a lot which is some variation of book now prices are going up next week this is a expo special price and it's not going to last long. So yes, before the contract has been signed Threatening you with a price increase is a very common marketing tactic. But again, once you have signed a contract, that contract absolutely must detail the exact price that is agreed upon, and that price should not change for any reason. And then next question is, do you have any advice on how to choose our wedding location? We're from two different hometowns. How do we pick which one or should we just plan for a destination wedding? I'm going to echo something that I mentioned in our very first question about elopements. And this very general topic is, again, a perfect example of something that we would walk through from start to finish within my digital planning package about how to identify your priorities and identify your values and dial in what it is the two of you want. It would be impossible for me to answer in 60 seconds or less, you know, pin down a airtight, foolproof way of choosing the location that your wedding should be in because there is a lot deeper thought, deeper mental and meaningful conversation and journaling that goes into a question like that, that you and your fiance are going to need to get together and hammer out between the two of you. So the short answer is it is something that we review in great detail within my digital planning package. And again, to get more information on that, you can visit wedpodcast.com. Okay, coming up after a quick break, I have lots more questions to share. We'll be back in just a minute.
1: Hey, right now is the perfect time to start planning your destination wedding or your honeymoon. My name is Susan Green and I'm at Susan's Travel Services and I'm available to you with my team for free to help you with all the planning and details of your dream honeymoon or destination wedding. A lot of couples come to us and say they're worried about working with a travel agent is going to be one more expense to pay and that's simply not true. In fact, working with us should save you time, money, and we want to make sure that that trip is the best trip yet. We have over 25 years in the industry and we spend Specialize in travel around the world. Let us help you find the best deals, all-inclusive resorts, Mexico, Caribbean, exotic cruises, or how about those overwater bungalows in the Maldives and Bora Bora? Don't get overwhelmed with the millions of places and opinions online. Get some free help and rely on professional experience to make sure you get exactly what you're looking for with your dream vacation or destination wedding. And hey, have I mentioned again that we're free? Email us at Susan at Susan's Travel Services and tell us that you heard us on this awesome podcast and we're going to give you $50 off your final payment. What's even better, you tell a friend to contact us and they give us your referral, we'll give you another $50 off your trip. Guess what? If you're doing a destination wedding and you tell someone else, we'll give you $250 off your destination wedding. See, we want to make it easy for you and we want to work with you. We've been in the business a long time. We're really excited about your destination wedding honeymoon and getting to know you as a client. Have an awesome day.
0: We live in a time where we can have literally anything delivered to our doorstep with the push of a button. So why not your wedding day suits and tuxedos? You're gonna love this. Our friends at Generation Tux make wedding day suit and tuxedo rental so easy. First, I love that you can do everything online. With their free home try-on service, you can experience your suit or tuxedo from the comfort of home months before the wedding day. You'll enjoy free color swatches delivered right to your door, free round-trip shipping, and here's the best part, peace of mind. Everything arrives on the doorstep of all your party members 14 days before the wedding. If there are any fit issues at all, there's plenty of time to ship out replacement garments. And you can even earn a free suit or tuxedo rental for the wedding couple with five paid members in your wedding party. I want you to save time, save some money, and most importantly, save your sanity by checking these guys out at generationtux.com wedplanning and use promo code wedpod21 for 10% off the entire groom's party. Okay, welcome back. And we are going to take a question here about DJs. Majority of the DJs at weddings we've been to have been subpar. We just want to have a fun party and dance all night. And the question is, would it be okay for us to just designate someone to be in charge of the microphone and then make our own playlist? This question came up, about a half a dozen times just in the past week. Doing your own music is such an easy way, especially now today with all the streaming services, they are so affordable. It's really fun and such a personalized approach to be able to go in and create your own wedding playlist from start to finish. So for very, very good reason, more and more couples are ditching the professional DJ and just creating their own playlist. Now, especially if your venue has a built-in sound system that's available to you and a microphone setup, this to me is a total no-brainer. I'm not going to go too deep into it. We've covered it extensively in past Q&As, but I would highly recommend that you do have a designated person in charge of making announcements. That's really, really, really important for keeping the flow of your reception really orderly and organized and keeping people informed about exactly what's going on. Again, if you want lots more information on that, we did some detailed Q&As in the past that you can scroll back and look for. Okay, next question. This is talk about switching gears. We're going to do a 180 here. Um, How, again, this is ask me anything. And I I do mean anything. I'm going to honor that. The question is how and when did you and John decide to have kids? Me and my fiance are in discussions, but we're not quite in full agreement on what we each see as ideal timing. I would love to hear your thoughts. All right, so if you're new to the podcast, John is my husband's name. That's pretty obvious, I think, from the question, but just to lay it out there. Um, John and I had lots of conversations when we were dating about our shared desire to have children. So this is a topic that we spent a considerable amount of time talking about as we were dating, as we were engaged, and even after we got married. And we always had a shared understanding that we wanted to have children. And we had a pretty solid understanding that we wanted to have two children. um, With the caveat, of course, that the universe is at the driver's seat of that. So what we want was a loose outline. And we both understood that it may or may not be physically possible. So I guess as I look back and I really think about how we decided when to have children, we both, again, I think we went into it with a spirit of adventure, for lack of a better word. And it was kind of like, well, we're gonna put fate in the hands of the universe and just Kind of see what happens here. We are ready for it to happen if it happens tomorrow. We're ready for it to happen if it takes a year. We're ready for whatever comes our way. It's a joint journey that we're just going to embark upon together. And to be really specific about that, we had been married for one year when we decided now's the time. And we just kind of again turned it over to the universe's hands. So I think that answers the question. I would like to point out I don't know that there is ever a perfect time. I, and even if you and your partner did decide that now is the perfect time, there's still a really limited amount of control that we have over some things in life. Um, that goes for this topic specifically, and just for life in general. So I'm the kind of person who will just roll with the punches and take what's given and make the best of it. I think that's probably the most positive way to approach it. I will say if the two of you are at, you know total odds over you wanting it to happen immediately and your partner not wanting it to happen for the next ten years that's probably something that warrants some deeper discussion between the two of you. Okay, moving on to the next question, which is how much should we budget for the bar? Well, that was a gear switch there too. I feel like we're kind of all over the place today. Um, Okay, how much to budget for the bar? The answer, it depends probably not what you wanted to hear me say, but that's it. There is such a wide range if you're serving beer and wine all the way up to top shelf cocktails. We're looking at anywhere from $10 to $60 to $100 per person. The variables here are really your market, your venue, and again, the menu that you decide upon. So obviously beer and wine is going to be cheaper than serving an open top shelf bar with all the variations of cocktails you could imagine. There are some very detailed episodes within the vault on your bar, on catering. We go way deep into how much to buy based on how many people are going to be there. So that's available to members. I'll wrap this up by saying I'm going to slip in a quick little tip here. Uh, I love canned cocktails and seltzers, which have become so super popular in the past couple of years. The variety out there is absolutely incredible. One of my favorite brands is Cutwater and then I love Truly's. I also love Ashland. Again, there are like infinity number of brands and flavors and varieties of these. The reason why canned cocktails and seltzers are so amazing as it relates to your reception bar is that these completely eliminate the need for ice for bartenders for cups. I can't say enough good things about canned cocktails and seltzers. So for the purpose of this question, I'll wrap it up. If you want to do a full length episode on the bar and custom cocktails and signature cocktails and how much to buy, reach out and let me know that that would be something that you're interested in. And then our last question for today is about hosting a post-wedding brunch. And this member writes, It seems abrupt and impossible to properly say goodbye to everyone on the night of our wedding. I'd love to do a Sunday morning brunch to squeeze in one last chunk of quality time with our loved ones, but we really don't have the budget to host people at a restaurant. Do you have any ideas for a post-wedding brunch that would be super cheap and easy? Yes, I think the ultimate goal here is spending time with the people you love and the actual food is very secondary to that. I think you can make this as simple as possible, even as simple as getting bagels and cream cheese and coffee from your favorite bakery. I mean, it does not need to be fancy. Again, the point is you're spending time with the people you love. You just hosted a humongous, a whole wedding for these people. You have no obligation to make the brunch fancy. Dedicate a time and make sure that people know about it and then keep it as simple as possible. And another option, even if you know, buying 100 bagels and cream cheese and coffee for 100 people sounds like a lot, which it is. Um, Another option would be to do even a potluck style and maybe ask your closest friends and family if they could all pitch in and help you create a little brunch spread. You could do this very easily and very inexpensively all it requires is the help from your friends and family and I would be willing to bet that they would be really excited and really honored to help you plan and host that And with that, we're going to wrap it up for today. I hope you found this episode super helpful. I hope you have an amazing holiday with your friends and your loved ones and your fiance. I'm thinking of you. I'm so grateful to be included in your wedding celebration and your engagement season. And I will meet you here again next week. Same time, same place. When it's time to grocery shop for the week, do you go online and search for a generic shopping list that a total stranger wrote so that you know what to buy? No, you open your fridge, take inventory of what you like to eat, what you need and what you want, and you make your own list. Why then are you still using free wedding checklists that you found on Pinterest to guide what's included in your unique wedding celebration? I have a secret, there's an all new way to plan your wedding, a more personalized approach that puts you, your values and your priorities in the center of the planning process and gives you the confidence to make decisions based on what you truly want versus what that free wedding checklist is telling you you should do. To learn more about my revolutionary digital wedding planning package and sign up for a free three day trial, visit wedpodcast.com. Together, we're going to experience a magical process of tapping into your intuition combined with smart, down to earth strategy, and we're going to create an unforgettable wedding celebration that's a perfect reflection of you. Become a member today when you visit wedpodcast.com. I can't wait to see you there.